You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to another episode of the How to Win podcast. This podcast is based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus, he always causes us to triumph, always causes you and I to triumph no matter what is going on in our world. In fact, I want you listeners to say this, we win. Come on, say it again. We win. Now make it personal. Say, I win. Come on, say it again. I win. I have changed what I'm teaching uh, both in our local church, uh, Faith Chapel, uh, Birmingham and Faith Chapel, Columbus. Uh, We're doing a series called uh, Faith or Fear, Where Are You? And because we're in a different season, I decided to change what I was teaching uh, to help those of you that are listening through uh, this time that we're in. I'm going to begin a new series today entitled Worry or Trust. Worry or Trust, how are you responding? You know, the coronavirus is a global event, and in fact, it's a public health crisis. And I said this to our our local church, the Faith Chapel, that whenever we face a challenge, whenever we face a problem, and in this case, we're facing a a public health crisis, then there should always be a natural response and there should be a spiritual response. Well, we're being told to wash our hands more. Well, we should do that. And, And there are other things that we should do. Uh, there are restrictions that are uh, our government and our state officials are placing on us not to hurt us but to help us and to stop the spread of this virus so there are some natural things that we need to do but we win in that but just doing natural things responding naturally is important but it's just not enough for the believer. So we need to respond spiritually. We need to respond in prayer. We need to respond in meditating in God's word. In fact, I'm instructing every member of my church and you also, I'm instructing you to go to Psalms 91 and I want you to begin to meditate on that whole chapter during this entire crisis. We need to meditate in the word. We need to confess the word. We need to say what the word says. We also need to listen to the Holy Spirit because he's going to guide us. And the Spirit of God spoke to me recently and said, I want you to avoid shaking hands. So I've been telling everybody I'm not shaking hands because the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, avoid shaking hands. But we also need, uh, precious people, we need to respond in love. We need to respect others' comfort zone, and we need to Stop judging. Let's stop judging people based on our faith. You know, when you're in a war, the worst thing you can do is turn to the soldiers you're with in the the foxhole and and 
and shoot your own soldiers. Let's stop shooting our own soldiers. You know, let's stop talking about other Christians and other preachers and other churches. No, no, don't shoot your own shoulder, your soldiers. No, we, we got an enemy and there's a virus and I believe Satan is also behind this and we're gonna stand on the word. Well, we're talking about worry or trust. How are you responding? Now, listen to me carefully. God never promised us a trouble-free life, never, nowhere in scripture. Does he promise us a, 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 a trouble-free life? But he does promise to help us, now watch this, and to overcome every kind of trouble if, there's the qualifier, if we trust him, if we trust him. We're talking about worry or trust. How are you responding? Let's not think about our neighbor right now. Let's not think about somebody else. I'm asking you the question. How are you responding? Are you worrying or are you trusting? Now, Psalms 37.1 says, the traditional King James says, fret not. The Jerusalem Bible says, do not worry. Same verse, do not worry. Jesus said in, in Matthew 6, 25, take no thought for your life. And then Paul said in Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing. So when we read through the scriptures and the Bible is the guide for the believer, then the Bible instructs you and I, believer, to not worry. On the other hand, Psalms 37 verse 3, the authorized traditional King James version says, trust in the Lord, trust in the Lord. It is the time in any crisis we have to trust in the Lord. Psalms 37 verse 5 says, commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, now watch this, and he shall bring it to pass. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Now worry and trust are mutually exclusive. We've learned at our church that fear and faith are mutually exclusive which means you can't walk in fear and faith at the same time. You can't operate in both at the same time. So it is with worry and trust. Worry and trust are mutually exclusive. You cannot worry and trust God at the same time. So let me ask that question again. Worry or trust, how are you responding. Now we're going to talk for a period of time about worry and then we'll flip over and talk about trust. But the rest of the day, let's talk about worry. What is worry? What is it? What, what are we doing when we're worrying? Worry is a troubling concern about the past, about the present, or the future. A troubling concern. You say, well, I'm concerned 
I'm concerned about my finances. I'm concerned about my health. I'm concerned about my children. I'm concerned about whether I'm going to get a paycheck. Well, you should be concerned. But worry is not just a concern. Worry is a troubling concern. Now, here's a definition of worry, and, 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 and I'm, I'm going to throw you a fastball. This is not going to be a curveball. I'm just going to wind up and, and, and just throw down the pike. Listen at this. Worry is blatant distrust. It's what now? It's blatant distrust in the ability, willingness, and faithfulness of God now listen, that results in our unsuccessful attempt to handle our problems ourselves. That is a good definition of worry, but I want to slow it down. I want you to get it. Worry is a blatant distrust in the ability, willingness, and faithfulness of God that results in our unsuccessful attempt to handle our problems ourselves. That definition is so powerful that I'm going to have to just stop again and give it to you. Worry, and let's break it down, is blatant distrust. When you're worrying, you're not trusting God. It's blatant distrust, but it's distrust in God's ability. It's saying that God is not able. It's distrust in his willingness. Well, we say God is able, but we're not sure he wants to help us. It's blatant distrust in God's faithfulness. We know he, what he said in his word, but we're not sure he'll do it. We're not sure he'll carry it out. It's blatant distrust, and it results in our unsuccessful attempt, you and I, our unsuccessful attempt to handle our problems ourselves. Now listen, we're not in denial. This virus is real. And when we look across the, the globe, there are individuals who have literally died. There are thousands, multiplied thousands of people who have become infected. There are lockdowns across the nation, global lockdowns across the nation. Even in America, our whole environment, our whole way of doing things have shifted and have changed. But Jesus says that we're in this world, talking about you and I, you're a believer, you're a Christian, you believe in God's word, you believe in the Bible. Jesus says that we're in this world, but we're not of it. We're not of it. And Jesus prayed to the Father. He said, sanctify them. Sanctify means set them apart. Sanctify them from the evil that's in the world. This virus is evil. Don't put a person, don't connect a person to the virus. Don't connect a person. 
behind it, there are satanic forces, and it's evil. But Jesus said that we can be sanctified, we can be set apart from the evil that's in this world through the truth. Not through the news media, not through this, not through that, but through the truth, through the truth. We should listen, we should stay, we should stay informed, but that's not going to give us our advantage. Our advantage is in the world, is in the word. So I'm going to ask this question again. Are you worrying or are you trusting? How are you responding? So what's wrong with worry? What's wrong with it? Well, worry is detrimental. It's detrimental to, to your body. Medical people will tell you that worry affects the body adversely. It affects your heart. It affects your circulatory system. It adversely affects your glands, your nervous system, your immune system, and you and I, we need our immune system operating the way God created to operate, and worry impacts our immune system. Worry affects adversely our minds. It affects our perception. It affects our judgment. It even affects our imagination. We start imagining things that haven't even happened. We start expecting things mentally that haven't taken place yet. And it will lead to, in the extreme form, worry in the extreme form will lead to the loss of power to will. It will lead to the laws of power to will, and we call that a nervous breakdown. No, we resist that. We, you and I, we're not going to have a nervous breakdown. We're not. We're not just going to survive. We're going to win. Come on, say that. I win. What's wrong with worry? Not only does worry adversely affects our body, worry adversely affects our mind, but worry, worry, worry affects our spiritual walk with God. See, worry is a sin. It's a what? Yes, it's a sin because the Bible tells us to fret not. The Bible tells us to be careful for nothing. The Bible tells us to take no thought. So when we take thought and we fret and we're careful about everything, we're going against what God says and we're sinning. Now, we don't mean to sin. I don't mean to sin. You don't mean to sin. But let's just call it what it is. Worry is sin. And the Bible tells us it will choke the word. It will hinder the word from producing in your life. It will hinder the word. That's what Mark 4, 19 uh, communicates to us. So what did Jesus say about worry? What did Jesus say? Now think about it. He's the head of the church. He's our leader. He's the one that we should be following. All of us, pastors or prophets, evangelists, teachers, uh, all of us, we are representatives of him. We're not the leader. He's the leader. We're, we're following him. He's instructing us. 
He gives us his word. So what did Jesus say about worry? I'm going to give you a homework assignment. You ready for it? You ready for it? Because some of you are in, you're at home, so I'm going to give you a homework assignment. You're at home, so I'm going to give you a homework assignment. Not only do I want you to read and meditate on Psalms 91, but I want you to read and meditate on Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. I want you to meditate on it. I want you to study it. I'm going to peruse it in the authorized traditional King James Version. I don't have time to turn to all the text, but I'm going to peruse it for you, and then I want you to get your Bible, come back and listen to this podcast, and I want you to walk through this text. In Matthew chapter 6, what does Jesus talk, say about worry? In Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21, Jesus talks about two economies. He talks about two financial systems. He says things like lay not uh, up treasure in uh, the earth and lay up treasures in heaven. What is he talking about? He's talking about two economies. He's talking about financial systems. He's talking about deposits that we will either make in the earth, in the worldly financial system, deposits like bank accounts, deposits like in the earth, like CDs and mutual funds and stocks and bonds and insurance and retirement funds and real estate and business enterprises. Jesus says these, these tools are, are our attempt to prepare ourselves in a worldly financial system. And notice he's not saying that it's wrong. He's not saying that it is wrong. But then he talks about another way we can invest in a heavenly financial system. He says treasures in heaven. He's talking about tithes and offerings and alms. He's talking about giving, other forms of giving. Now he contrasts the two systems and he says that when we put all of our trust, he's not saying it's wrong to have a bank account. He's not wrong. He's not saying it's wrong to have CDs and mutual funds and stocks and real estate. He's not saying that it's wrong. He's saying that these investments can be affected by worldly conditions. And really, that's why some of you right now are worried. You are worried because the worldly financial system is challenged. It's not just challenged, it's in turbulence. It's in trouble. And when we look at this system and, and we know that we have this and we, we're worried about our savings and we're worried about our 401ks and we're worried about this investment, we're worried about whether or not we're going to have enough money to pay our bills, we're worried. Why? Because Jesus says that moth and rust and thieves will break through and steal. These are worldly conditions. This 
coronavirus is a worldly condition. But Jesus says that when we invest in his financial system through our giving, then he says that moth and rust and thieves, worldly conditions, cannot enter in and steal. Now listen to me carefully. Jesus is saying our investments determine our level of peace or worry. Jesus is saying that our investments determine or define our trust. Where a man's treasure is, that's where his trust is. Now, I'm a tither. I'm a giver. I, I love to sow. I love to invest. I love to give. And guess what? You do too. Many of you, you've tithed for years. You've given offerings. You've shared things that you have. You're a giver. Now, listen to me. In this crisis, when everything is shaking around you, trust the system. Trust what you've been doing in the past. Don't throw it away and start looking at the trouble in the world, the system. You've been investing. You've been giving. You've been tithing. You've been doing all these things. So it's not a time to panic because you're seeing what's happening in the world. Jesus said the moth and the rust and the thieves would break through and steal. So now relax. Come on, take a big breath. I want you to relax. Come on, take a deep breath. Ooh, come on, come on, take a deep breath. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. You have invested, so now trust the system. Trust what you've done. Trust. You've been going to church. You've been sowing. You've been doing all these things. You've been helping the needy. You've been doing all these things. Now trust the system. He said that moth, rust, and thieves would not break through and steal. No matter what's happening in the world, you're going to trust the system. Now, Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 through 24, Jesus talked about focus. He talked about the light of the eye, and he says that if your eye is single, then it'll be full of light. He says that if your eye is evil, it'll be full of darkness. What is Jesus talking about? When your eye is single, you focus on others. When your eye is evil, it's focused on yourself. Okay. Listen to me. Listen to me carefully. Now, I'm being led by the Spirit. Here's what happens sometimes when you're in a crisis. You start, you start stockpiling. You start taking care of yourself. And there's nothing wrong with preparing yourself. You don't know how long this is going to last. There's absolutely nothing wrong with preparing you for your future because you don't know. Even our leaders don't know how long the crisis is going to last. So there's nothing wrong with you filling up your pantry or whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, listen to me carefully, though. You cannot afford to just be thinking about yourself, though. Don't just think about yourself. Jesus says when your eye is single, you're focusing on others. You're thinking about other people. There are a lot of people who, go, who need help and it's going to need some help. And so we cannot afford to just be thinking about ourselves because Jesus says if our eye is evil, 
it is focused on self only, he said our lives will be full of darkness. So during this season, do what you have to do to prepare, but think about sharing with others. Think about helping others. You got kids at home. Maybe some of those kids don't even have a meal. So we're going to have to make sure that they have some food. We're going to have to make sure that we helping our neighbor. We're going to have to sure that we're investing. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 26, Jesus here says, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or, or what you shall drink. He says the life is more than the body. The, the life is more than what you eat and what you wear. Now, what is he saying? He said, Jesus is teaching that if God will provide for the greater your life and your body, then certainly he will provide for the lesser food and clothing. Think about right now. Okay, 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 okay. Listen to me right now. Think about it. God has given you life. Because if you didn't have life, you, you, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. You'd be just like this in the grave. But you're not like that. You're living, so God has given you life. And God has given you a body. So if God has given you the greater life and the body, surely he'll give you the lesser food and clothing. He'll give you provision. That's what Matthew 6, 25 through 26 is saying. And Matthew 6, 27, Jesus says, worry doesn't add anything. Worry doesn't add. He talks about the cupid. It adds nothing to your height. He's saying that worry does not add anything. It subtracts. Okay, I, I, I'm going to give you another assignment because some of you are at home, so you need some homework. Okay, let's do this. I want you to set up a trust chart. However you want to do it, you can put it up on your refrigerator. Uh, what, however you want to do it, you want to get you a chart, a trust chart. And I want you to write 100 on the chart, somewhere where you can see it, so a poster, uh, whatever. I want, or you can even put it on your, your mobile device, however you want to do it. You want to have a trust chart and you want to begin with 100. I want you to put a 100 on your chart. 100, that's your trust level. You want to always be at at least 100. Every day, every day, at the end of the day, I want you to take a little time and I want you to think through your day and I want you to ask yourself this, have I been worrying today or have I been trusting today? If you get to the end of the day, and I want you to do this every day, if you get to the end of the day and you say, wow, I sure did worry today, then I want you to go to your trust chart and subtract 10 points. The next, well, you, you get to the end of the day and you say, wow, I didn't worry today. I mean, really, I really was cool. I was really calm today. Then I want you to add 10 points to your chart. Now you got 110. If you worry, you got a 90. If you did not worry, you got a 
you got 110. That's going to be your trust chart. I want you to do that every day. So you can measure yourself. Am I subtracting from my life? Because every day you worry, you're going to have to subtract 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. So if you worry 10 days in a row, you are at zero. So you're going to have to work your way back up because if you get to the end of the day and you say, hey, I was cool, I was cool, then I want you to add 10. So you can go up on your trust chart or you can go down on your trust chart because Jesus said in Matthew 6, 25 through 26, Jesus says that worry doesn't add anything. You're not adding anything. Well, I'm worried about my kids. It's not adding anything. It's not helping you at all. Well, I'm worried about my job. I don't know whether I'm going to get paid. Well, you're not adding anything. It's not adding anything. It's not adding anything. You're subtracting mentally, physically, or spiritually. Subtraction is taking place. Well, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 28 through 30, we're just proving it. Jesus talked about the, the, the lilies of the field. And he talks about the, the birds and how God take care of the birds. And then he got down to talking about how God take care of the lilies and how the lilies are clothed greater than Solomon. And then when he got down to verse 30, he said, O ye of little faith. So in Matthew 6, 28 through 30, Jesus says that worry is a faith deficiency. Worry is if you are a person who worries a lot and you're worrying about finances, you're worrying about your health, you're worrying about getting sick, you're worrying about your grandparents, you're worrying about this, then you have a faith deficiency. You don't have a money problem. You have a faith problem. You don't have a care problem. You say, well, I care about my loved one. No, it's not a care, it's not a care problem. It's a faith problem. Jesus says, O ye of little faith. It's a faith deficiency. When you're full of the word, you can see things around you and they're real because faith doesn't deny the situation. No, 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 faith can see it, but faith sees behind it. Faith sees a greater force. Faith sees God, faith sees the word. And the scripture says, greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. That's how faith operates. Then in Matthew 6, 31, Matthew 6, 31, I love this text. It says, take no thought for your life, saying, take no thought for your life, saying. It says, don't take the thought and say it. Don't take the thought and say it. Don't take the thought. I'm not going to make it and say it. Don't take the thought. Um, I, I, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills and say it. Don't take the thought. I don't know how I'm going to feed my children. Don't take the thought and say it. Don't take the thought. I'm going to lose my house. I'm going to lose my job. Don't take the thought and say it. That's what Matthew 6, 31. So Jesus here is teaching that worry begins in an undisciplined mind, taking the thought, taking the thought, 
and it is released out of an undisciplined tongue. That's powerful, isn't it? That's powerful, isn't it? In fact, I want you to say this. Say this after me. I want you to participate with me. Say this. Worry begins, I hear you, in an undisciplined mind and is released out of an undisciplined tongue. Come on, let's say that again. I want you to say it out loud where you can hear it. Maybe if you're at work, you may not be able to say it out loud. Whisper it. Worry begins in an undisciplined mind and is released out of an undisciplined tongue. Take no thought. Don't take the thought that you're not going to make it and say it. I'm not going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to make it. Jesus says, don't take the thought and say it. When you take the thought, just taking the thought, there's no power yet. There's no force release yet. But once you say it, you are establishing it. You're actually prophesying it. You're actually calling it to you. You're reinforcing it in your life. So Jesus tells us that we should not talk lack, inability, what we don't have, what we can't afford. No, no. During this season, come on, listen to me. During this crisis time, we have to lock into what God's saying, and I'm going to be throwing that word out at you. You've got to lock into what God says, and you have to discipline your thought life, and you have to say what God says in your mouth, because Satan now can't kill you. Come on, listen to me, saint. Come on, listen to me, believer. Satan cannot kill you with anything. He can't kill you with anything. He can't kill you with war. He can't kill you with whatever. He can't kill you with anything. He can't kill you with sickness. He need, talking about you a believer now, we, we talking, we, we, we understand that people are dying, but I'm talking Jesus says we're not of this world. We're in it, but we're not of this world. So, Satan cannot kill you. Listen to me. So stop worrying about dying. Satan can't kill you. He needs your participation. He needs you to take his thought, and then he needs you to say his words. He needs you to talk death. He needs you to talk lack. He needs you to talk inability. He needs you to talk inadequacy. He needs you to say you're not going to make it. He needs you to say it. But faith is released out of the words of your mouth. Now listen at this, Matthew 6, 32. We're almost at the end of this chapter. Matthew 6, 32. 
Jesus says that worry, to worry, is to act out of character. When you're worrying, you're acting like an orphan. You're acting like you don't have a father. When you worry, you're acting like an unbeliever who does not have a covenant. I'm going to say that again. When you worry, when I worry, when we worry, according to Matthew 6.32, we're acting out of character. We're acting like an orphan who has no father, no source. We're acting like an unbeliever who has no covenant. We have a father and we have a covenant and we have hope. So when we worry, we're acting out of character. In Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Seek the kingdom. Seek the word. Get in the word. Meditate in the word. Keep giving. Don't stop giving. Keep giving. Get in that word. Impress in that word. And the Bible says all these things. I need some help. All these things. I need money because I'm not working. All these Things, my kid needs food. All these things shall be added. And notice, he didn't say they'll be added when the economy is doing great. It didn't say they'll be added when everything is going wonderful. It didn't say that. He said if we seek first his kingdom, if we prioritize his kingdom, he said all these things will be added. It's crunch time. Say crunch time. It's game time. Everything else we've been doing has been practice. We've been in church. We've been in, we listen to the word. We've been in worships. We've been with the saints. We've heard Bible lessons and we heard this and heard that text. Okay, all that was practice. Now we're in the game. Okay, now we're in the game. But it's all right, it's all right, because that's why we were practicing. That's why we were in church. Somebody said, well, we're not going to church. Listen, church in you, church is in you, the word should be in you. It is game time now. It is game time now. We're not going to throw away everything that we've learned because we, we went through spring practice. We went to fall camp. It is the season. We're in the season when we're going to win and we're going to show people the difference in being in God. Jesus says in Matthew, 30, Matthew 6, 33, that misplaced priorities is really the root of worry. Misplaced priorities. Seek first. Misplaced priorities is the root of worry. And then finally, Matthew 6, 34. Jesus said, take no thought for tomorrow. Said, tomorrow take, it will take thought for itself. In other words, tomorrow the, tomorrow, the future has enough words on its own. In other words, we got enough to deal with for the day. So there's no need. He's not saying we shouldn't plan, we shouldn't prepare. I just told you, you need to prepare. 
I talked about preparing. I talked about getting food, whatever you need, get all the food. Just don't, don't panic while you're getting the food. Don't, don't get in fights while you're getting the food. I mean, prepare. But Jesus says, don't take your mind and don't take your worry over into the future. Don't start prophesying your future. Don't prophesy a negative future. You way over there, and this is what's going to happen, and, and we're not going to be able to do this, uh, and, and we're not going to stop prophesying. Don't prophesy. He says, take no thought. For the in other words, don't take worry, thoughts, troubling concerns about the future. He said we should try, listen, to not live in the past or live in the future. We should not try to, pardon me, we should not try to relive the past or live in the future. Now listen at this. We should live one day at a time. And we should be fully engaged in today, focus on the moment, and we trust God for tomorrow. I'm going to say that again. We should live one day at a time, fully engaged, Focus on the moment, and we trust God for our future. You know, I, um, I want to close by saying this. I don't want any of this. I know you don't want any of this. You don't want these restrictions that are being placed on us. You want to be able to go out and eat. I want to be able to go out and eat. I know you want your kids to go to school. I want them to go to school, too. Listen. Okay, okay, we're on the same page, but let's deal with the cars that we have right now, okay? Let's get the complaining, the murmuring, and all that kind of stuff, and let's focus on the moment. Let's get in the Word, and let's deal with this from a biblical standpoint, because it is what it is. We can control some things in our world, but we can't totally control everything in our environment. And listen, this is not strange. It is strange to us. But all through the Bible, there were famines, and the saints were in the famine just like the unbelievers in the famine. There was persecution. In fact, they were killing Christians. And the saints was in that same thing. And in the, in the, listen, all through the Bible, there's been trouble in the world, and saints have been in that trouble, but God always took care of his people. That's what I'm telling you. God always take care of his people. He always take care of his people. So even if it lasts, we're not believing for it. We're not releasing faith for it. But even if it lasts, if it go to the summer, if it go whatever, we are going to make it. You are going to make it. If God has to do something supernatural, miraculous, a wonder or a sign, you have to believe that the word works. I trust you've been blessed today. We're going we're gonna to keep talking about this word thing for a minute because we cannot trust God and worry at the same time.
Thank you.